0: All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today we have episode 215, and we are going to go back and answer a couple great listener questions we got recently. So without any further ado, I will go ahead and read the first question. So it's a great one. So I have, hey, Andrew, my name's Matt. I'm 17 years old, and I've been listening to your show for about a week now. I've listened to a lot of what you said, and one thing that seems very important is picking the investment type that suits you best. I've been messing around with the stock market for about a year now, and I finally feel like I've been throat-punched enough, (laughs) like we all do, and I've made the beginner mistakes and got them out of the way. I want to start investing about half of my paycheck, $500, into the stock market every two weeks. Because I have so much time for these stocks to develop, I'm not at all worried about small risks. What do you think the best strategy for me would be? I wouldn't mind spending a couple hours over these two weeks researching companies slash ETF, so I'd really like to know what you have to say. So what are your thoughts on Matt's first part of his question?
1: It's interesting. So I guess, you know, <laughs> I see third you smiling punch. over there about the Third punch, <laughs> third punch yeah. <laughs> if I were to start over and I was 17 years old again, it's hard to say what the best strategy for anybody would be because we're all so different. And it's hard to say what kind of investor you'll be five years from now. It's so uncertain. So I would say right now, What's most interesting, and kind of take that path and really go down that rabbit hole and follow your curiosity and try to learn and suck up as much as you can, and then invest alongside that. I think that's a great place to start. And understanding the principles of value investing, all that has to offer as a compounder of wealth, is also a really great place to start, too. And it can kind of work together as you're dipping into the market.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think he made an interesting observation trying to figure out what kind of investor you are. I think will go a long ways towards helping you and how you do with your investments over a period of time. You don't necessarily need to decide exactly what kind of investor you want to be. And... Experimenting a little bit may help you figure that out along the way as well. But I think it boils down to a few things. So, first of all, you need to be able to find investments or companies that you're going to be comfortable holding for a while and that are not going to cause you to lose sleep at night. And speculating or buying lots of wild and crazy things because you're gambling on the future is maybe not the best approach. I would probably encourage somebody, it's okay to have a little bit of that. And especially when you're young, it probably makes it more exciting and more fun. Certainly, you know, buying the shiny objects and whatnot. But if that's the majority of your focus, then I think you're going to go back to what Matt was talking about with the throat punching, because you're going to get a lot of that. And that if you're trying to avoid that, then I think trying to follow the advice and kind of the pattern that we try to advocate, which is the style of value investing. And really what that comes down to is finding a great company, whatever it may be, and buying it for what less than you think it's worth, because the company will appreciate over a period of time. And that's how you make those great returns. And if you look at all the investors over a long period of time that have done well, that has really been the focus for those investors, is buying something less for what it's valued and then waiting for that to appreciate, however that long that may take, and then going beyond that. And it's a simple concept. It's not always easy to do, for sure. but. I think that really boils down to trying to find those kinds of great companies. And if you find a great company that does well over a long period of time, that's really what you're buying is you're not buying a ticker, you're buying the company. And if you keep those kinds of simple ideas in mind, you'll do well over a long period of time. And if you're curious and want to keep learning and growing, then that's even a bigger bonus because those kinds of things will help you improve as an investor over a long period of time. And that's one of the things that sets Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett apart from us mere mortals is even though Charlie Munger just turned 98 and, Warren is 91, 92. He's still spring chicken. These guys are still curious and still trying to learn, right? And they're still trying to grow and learn and whatnot. And that curiosity drives them. And those are the kinds of things that will help make you successful in the stock market. It's never going to be the same every single time. And there's always going to be different situations and different scenarios. And as you've seen over the last year, Matt, you've got throat punched a little bit. I like that. It's, I'm not going to lie. It kind of makes me chuckle, but it's kind of appropriate. And it, depending on what company, you've bought, there could be different levels of getting punched in the throat. So if you learn from that, those are valuable lessons. Sometimes buying the boring company is the one that's going to give you the greatest returns over a long period of time. And I know Walmart, for example, is not sexy uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but if you had bought it, 20 years ago, you've done really, really well for yourself. So it's not as shiny as, as sexy as something like Tesla, but you certainly would have done really, really well over a long period of time. So I'm not saying you wouldn't have done well with Tesla either, but, you know, time will tell on all that. So anyway, my point with all this is that try to find great companies, try to buy them for less than they're worth, be patient, be curious, and continue to learn. And those things will keep you in good stead as you continue to learn about investing. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerd Wallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply.
1: I want to hit the nail with a hammer a little bit on what you were saying about staying curious. I watched a TED Talk the other day. It just kind of popped up on my feed. He was talking... So there's like two trains of thought. There's this one train of thought. It's a book by... Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell.
0: Yeah, yep, yep.
1: yeah, I've been down the Malcolm Gladwell rabbit hole and I completely blanked on his name. So anyway, his book, he has this concept where he studied a lot of different really high performers and a lot of them found proficiency at what they did at the 10,000 hour mark. And so, you know, obviously putting in a ton of time between athletes and people, musicians in their career, all of these things, they put in like 10,000 hours and then they really became masters. This TED Talk was talking about how there's another pattern that people have observed and him in particular where it was actually people who are more late bloomers in the sense that they kind of got to try out a lot of different things and then did the 10,000 hours were actually a lot more successful. And, And there were a greater frequency of these type of people with these experiences in some of the high performers and what they did. And so if we think about how can that apply to the stock market, particularly if you have a ridiculously huge head start as a 17-year-old, to be curious and maybe try to accumulate a lot of different really timeless principles. And you have to be careful because you know paths that are so untrodden that you get throat punched until you find a good path. So you always want to kind of reset your bearings and make sure you're going down places that are actually timeless and actually wise. But at the same time, there can be a lot of benefit to you down the line as an investor if you pick up different specialties, whether that's different industries or even different schools of thought. I mean, Even within value investing, there's people in the camp that stick to ratios and then people who look at DCFs and then even people who are a lot more abstract than that. So within that, I think you definitely want to maybe keep an open mind and for sure, don't make up your mind six months into it and then put blinders on the whole rest of the way because that's a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think one of the things that will keep you curious and keep you interested in is to follow things that you're interested in. If it's airlines or whether it's payment systems or whether it's auto, automobile, whatever kinds of things hold your interest, that's going to help you be more curious and continue encouraging you to learn more about it. And sometimes it may lead you down a path that you could find some great investments. And unfortunately, sometimes it could also lead you down a path where you may not find a lot of opportunities at that particular time. But knowledge compounds. And even if you learn all about the airlines, for example, just as an example, and you can't find anything that you really want to invest in right now, at some point there may be an opportunity to do that. And the knowledge that you've earned by learning more about the airlines will stay with you. When that opportunity comes up, it'll be fresher in your mind and you'll be able to grasp some of the ins and outs of that particular sector or industry a lot quicker and a lot easier. So I think following your passions and learning about things that you hold an interest for you will make it a lot more interesting as well. Yep. All right. So that kind of segues this into the second part of Matt's great question. So he'd also like to know what value investing books are most helpful in a sort of checklist way. So thank you for our our time. So Andrew, I know you have a a stack there that you could share (laughs) with us. Yeah, I just
1: went around my living room and started picking stuff up the bookshelf. So I always recommend Start With Beating the Street by Peter Lynch. And he has definitely been an advocate of looking for stocks that grow really high, but also you know at a good price, so you're not like overpaying for something. The Warren Buffett way is one I really like a lot. It's not really talked about much. This one's Robert Hagstrom. And there's some really cool case studies in there about some of the great companies he's bought, like the Washington Post. I think Geico's in there. Some great stories and great insights into how he did it. Can't put a book list without richer, wiser, happier. We had William on last week, so we don't need to rehash that one. I really like Vitaly's book. It's one called The Little Book of Sideways Markets. Mm-hmm. And that one's really great because the way he explains a DCF valuation model, which by the way, is how companies, most companies are valued on Wall Street. Warren Buffett, he uses DCFs, he just does them in his head when he looks at companies and, and what they're worth. So that's a super valuable, very entertaining read by Vitali. Mm-hmm. Very nice way that he described how to do a DCF. And then the last one I'll throw in here, warning, it's kind of more like advanced reading, but if you really want to be serious about learning how to evaluate a company and get its intrinsic value, The Little Book of Valuation by Oswald Damodaran. He took his whole valuation class that he teaches at nyu stern this is my opinion but he basically took that class put it into a small little book that's definitely digestible Mm -hmm. and definitely a lot saves a lot more time than than sitting through hundreds of hours but those are some great places to start and i think man if i had this stack of books and Mm -hmm. you know focus on these versus like all the other crap that's out there it would have been really helpful
0: yeah, that's a great list. A couple of books, I guess I would probably add to those would be the Joel Greenblatt book, uh, So You Can Be a Stock Market Genius, too. Uh, I think that's a fantastic book and it's really easy to read. And he explains some very basic concepts in a very eloquent way that. I think for a lay people, it makes it really easy to understand, especially talking about how finance works and how value in companies can work. And he does it in a very thoughtful way, and it's very, very easy to read. It's a great book. Another one that I really like is uh, The Dondo Investor by Monish Pabrai. Again, another very easy to read book. And it does a great job of explaining kind of the, the whole concept of buying companies for less than they're worth. And it's fantastic. It's a very easy to read. is one of the first books I read. Uh, of course, there's The Intelligent Investor as well. And then I think the last book that I would probably recommend would be is uh, Warren Buffett's Shareholder Letters. You can buy it in book form, but you can also go to berkshirehathaway.com. And download every single shareholder letter that he's ever written. And I worked through those a couple years ago during COVID, the beginnings of COVID. And they were very illuminative and very illustrative. And they're a great resource to kind of learn how Buffett thinks. And as you work through the many years that he wrote the letters, you don't have to do every single year like I did. But it definitely is very, very helpful. Yeah, those are great. All right. So hopefully that helps you, Matt. And uh, thanks for the great question. All right, so let's move on to the next uh, question we got. So we have, hello, I've been trying to locate stocks that Wall Street has turned their back on. Solid, boring companies. Any ideas as where I can find a list of stocks and start doing my research. I'd like to find companies that are no more than five years old. I want to find solid companies and ride them out. Thanks, Aaron. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts on Aaron's question? So we haven't mentioned
1: a website called Finviz in a while, so maybe if you're a newer listener, you're not familiar, but... There's a free website. It's called finviz.com, F-I-N-V-I-Z. And you can get a whole list of pretty much anything that's traded in the United States. If it's on the NYSE, it's going to be on there. And then you can start to filter based on lots of different criteria. So you can go big stocks, big companies, small companies, stocks that have been up for the year, stocks have been down for the year. More of the traditional ratios that we've talked about, like the price earnings ratio, you can filter based on that. And so that's where you can start a list of stocks. What I've been liking to do lately is I like to sort by industry. Mm -hmm. So like whether that's energy or financials, or even if you want to go into the individual industries within those sectors, you can do that too. So you could sort for like video game developers or something, and, and that would be on there. That's a very cool thing to do because you get that list and it gives you places to go for further research. From there, I would try to go for a 10K. I mean, if you're really going to be serious about this, you probably should be reading 10Ks, which is an annual report of a company. And you get a lot of good material from there. But
0: to get the starting list, you definitely want to use a website like FinDiz.com. Yeah, I would definitely echo that. FinViz is a fantastic resource to kind of get you started on that. And just to give you an example, I did this very thing just to kind of give you an idea of some of the companies that could be available out there. So this is just starting with the A's. So we got companies like Advanced Auto Parts, AbbVie, Albertson Companies, which is the grocery store, Archer Daniel Midland, American Express, Aflac, all state. These are just in the A's. And these would definitely probably all qualify as solid, boring companies. Uh, <laughs> they're not flashy. They don't have high ratios. And all I did was use finviz.com. And then I screened for companies that were over $2 billion in market cap, that paid a dividend, at least above 0%, and that were in the United States. And then I came up with this list of about 265 companies. So just doing something simple like that can give you a list of 265 potential companies that you could research. Trying to find companies that maybe are no more than five years old, that might be a bit of a struggle for the solid, boring companies kind of idea. If you're looking for companies that Wall Street has turned their back on, there's other ways to do that as well. One of the ways that I know Monish Pabrai has talked about is looking at companies that are at their 52-week low so, in other words there's you can go on Google and you could just type in companies that they're fifty two week low and it'll show you companies that are selling for the lowest price that they sold at in a year and you can find companies like that that will show you you know some of the companies that maybe Wall Street has turned their back on a lot of times Wall Street will turn their back on out of favor companies sometimes it's a company sometimes it's a sector and banking in particular or insurance companies recently have kind of been on the outs with wall street particularly since 2008 2009 period and you could find potential deals in something like that investors maybe not be as super excited about investing in a company like wells fargo for example or u.s bank or aflac aflac is you know had a great return. They pay an amazing dividend and it's a strong, solid company. And their PE right now is a little over nine. So it's definitely on the cheaper order, not investment advice, but there are opportunities out there sometimes in the boring sectors like that. And so those are the kinds of things that you can look at. And sometimes you can just simply Google what are out of favor sectors or industries on Wall Street. And it'll give you an idea of those, and then you can use something like Finviz to kind of sort through some of the opportunities that may be available during those times. And those are some easy ways to try to find companies that you can start to investigate. 265 is a lot, so you would have to probably sort down through that. And sometimes you can just pick companies you're familiar with, Other times, you could do what Andrew was suggesting and just sort through the different industries and see if there's things in there that might appeal to you. The other opportunity is you can look at companies that have been really beaten down recently and see if there's nuggets in there that could be worth something. You know, recently, we've talked about this in the past, that there are a few companies that have really been beaten down over the last few months for a variety of reasons. And you can investigate those and see if Maybe Wall Street is being overly pessimistic about them or not, but they are good places to look for different information.
1: I was clicking around just because I thought maybe this was a feature. You can go on Finviz, and they do have a 52 week high low option. Perfect. And Even it's better. like so detailed. You go 10% or more below the high,
0: 15% below the high. Wow! We do below awesome. the, above the low, so you can do all these sorts of things. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Again, this is a free resource. Andrew and I get nothing for recommending them. It's just something that we've used for many many years, and it's very very helpful to try to find things. And it used to be part of my weekly routine. Every week, I would go and screen for companies on Finviz, and a lot of times you'll notice if you set up different kinds of screening metrics that you'll start to find a lot of the same familiar faces for a while. And actually, one of the companies that used to be on a regular basis was GameStop, no longer. but it, it Ironic. Was, yeah, ironic, isn't it? So ironic. But it used to be one of the old familiars every week. remember. GameStop would be an opportunity. The other one was, I think, Xerox. Or not Xerox. Oh, it was Office Depot. That's what it, was it was Office Depot. <laughs> yeah, it was Office Depot. Okay. Yeah, that's all. I remember they were like under $2 a share. Yeah, for you a get- very the- long time. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably the best place that I have found sort for all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. I like these questions. Good job, Matt. Good job, Aaron. Yeah, Finviz is great. It's a great resource. Hopefully, you guys find some value out of that. I think it's great how Matt and Aaron really had this theme today with the episode. They've got their head on straight and looking for solid, boring companies. That's right in our wheelhouse. I mean, the whole financials, some of the boring banks. I mean, personally, when I look at the bank holding that I bought earlier in the year, I see three hundred billion more in deposits. Three hundred billion, by the way, which is like billion a B. That's like more (laughs) than most of the companies in that industry, and they just pick that up in deposits in one year. Mm -hmm. I find that exciting, but um, you know, it's a big boring company, so people don't want to (laughs) generally flock to it. But you can find opportunities like that. You can find opportunities in insurance with like great companies there who are on your TV every Sunday if you're watching football some great opportunities there so I think their head's in the right spot it's a good focus to have especially now especially since the past couple of months we've seen the stocks that aren't boring certainly haven't been boring for reasons now that price has turned the other way mm-hmm. valuable lessons for sure and you know hopefully there are we got our next future Buffets and, and Munger's here
0: That'd be to awesome. take that path Yep. I agree. Yeah, that's great. All right. So with that, I will wrap up the conversation for today. I wanted to thank Aaron and Matt for both sending us those great questions. And like Andrew said, you guys are in the right place and you're headed down the great path. And I'm really excited for what the future will hold for both of you. So thank you guys for sending in those great questions and please everybody keep them coming. We really enjoy helping you learn more about investing. And this is a great, great, way for us to answer these questions to help you learn a variety of different topics. So without any further ado, I'll go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety. Emphasis on the safety. Have a great week. I'll talk to you all next week.
1: We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today